Well, hey there, friends. Welcome to This Good Word. This is Steve Weens, and today I'm going to tell a really (laughs) embarrassing story that I hope makes you laugh really, really hard. All right, then. This story involves Instagram. And I have to say from the front, uh, up, up front here, that Instagram is far and away my favorite social media platform. I really haven't been on Facebook much since I went off of social media uh, during the first 40 days of 2019. I just haven't really gone back. A little bit. I check in here and there. Hi, Grandma. Hi, Grandpa. <laughs> you know what I mean. That's Facebook. I have been on Twitter, and I got to be honest, I mean, I'm trying so hard to remember that it's a good place, that the, actually there's some great dialogue on there, and it's a really great way to hear voices that, I mean, you can you can make a list of lots of different people from lots of different places and lots of different perspectives that you're not going to hear. Uh, maybe anywhere else in your world. So, you know, from that standpoint, man, it is fantastic. From another standpoint, I just I just cannot deny that when I'm on it for a while, I, I just get angsty and I get a little ticked off and I get tempted to say something snarky and sometimes I give in to that temptation. I also feel the temptation to, to, to especially on Twitter, to be clever and to write something that's either super funny or deep or so you know that gets people to go sort of like oh and either way it's not great because you know if maybe it works and people retweet and you get that quick hit of dopamine but it's never enough and you know then like it's like oh well only that many people retweeted it uh you know for your next popular post anyway and and i just find that it it can be kind of a Kind of a time suck. This podcast is not about Twitter. It's not even really about Instagram, but it starts there. So uh, here's <laughs> here's what happened. Uh, my wife and I uh, were setting up a birthday party for one of our kids. And we haven't really done a whole lot of friend parties. Okay. You know, we've done a lot of family parties and we typically will take our kids one by one, like on their birthday, we take them on a birthday adventure one by one and we kind of make it a special day, just mom, dad, and, and just one, the one kid. We do that for all three of our kids. And that's kind of the highlight. It's kind of fun. And, but man, lately it's like, we've just been like the experiences have gotten too big and too expensive. And so we've kind of we kind of had to scale back on that, still do something cool, but sort of scale back. And and so, but then we, did, you know, we thought, well, if we're going to scale back on that, <laughs> why didn't we just scale back? Anyway, we had to feel like we did something bigger for their friend party. So we were organizing a friend party um, for this last Friday night. And uh, there's about eight boys that came over, eight 10-year-olds. And as we were talking to our son, that whose party it was, he really wanted a Harry Potter party. And we kind of got into it, Mary and I, because actually we love Harry Potter. And um, so anyway, so Mary made these really fun like cupcakes. They're called like, uh, uh, and she got all this on Pinterest. Um, But 
these cupcakes that have little color dye in it. And so like when you bite into it, then, then it sorts you into a house, you know, if it's, if it's yellow, it's Hufflepuff. If it's you know black, it's Slytherin or maybe it's green, I guess. Uh, if it's purple, it's Gryffindor. And uh, if it's blue, it is Ravenclaw. And so super, super, super fun. Um, we made wands. Uh, we, we got a bunch of like sticks that were kind of cool. And then we took, we, we got a couple of hot glue guns out and we let them, which <laughs> 10 year old boys with hot glue guns. Oh my gosh. Um, but we, um, so with the hot glue gun, you can just sort of like make a bunch of different patterns and stuff on the wand and you can make, you know, spirals or you can kind of just, just do a bunch on the handle part. And then when you paint it and kind of buff it, it looks super cool. And so we had a lot of fun with that. That was really, really cool. Uh, we made butterbeer milkshakes sort of. And that, I mean, those are pretty good, but not that great. Anyway, there was a lot of sugar. I mean, I'm, I'm, I mean, it was crazy. I mean, in, usually I'm the one that's like, yeah, you know, pile it on. And Mary's a little bit like, mm. but honestly, it was so much sugar that I was like, honey, this <laughs> is getting out of hand. And a couple of the boys were clearly like already kind of jacked and excited. And when the sugar hit, I mean, the volume level, you guys, have you ever had a party, a birthday party in your home? Okay. With eight 10 year old boys. <laughs> I looked at Mary from time to time and I was like, oh my gosh. But I just sort of mouth that, you know, and like my eyes were just wide with like, this is nuts. And it was nuts. I mean, it was so loud. And uh, we did these prophecy drinks. And so it's like there's this, so we put food color and then we covered up with ice and then we put Sprite in there. And then, um, you know, according to what color your prophecy drink turned out, then you were going to be either wealthy or have lots of friends or, you know, there's five or six different things. And so certain guys were, you know, like it was funny, these 10 year olds, oh man, I wanted wealth <laughs> or, oh man, I wanted long life. <laughs> and, um, and, and then on a couple of them, like the dye from the prophecy drinks just covered their teeth and lips. You know how that looks like with like 10 year olds when they're just, they don't care really, but their, their hands are all gooped up with paint from the wands and their teeth are bright blue and their lips are all, you know, it's kind of like hilarious, but also just a little bit gross and maybe by a little bit, I mean a lot. And so you're sort of vomiting in your mouth, but you're also laughing really loud. Anyway, um, I also, gosh, this was maybe like, this was a proud dad moment for me. I mean, I'm, I am not going to deny that what I'm about to tell you, I was like, I did that. It was cool. It was rad. So anyway, again, on Pinterest, we, we found out how to make Quidditch um, goals or posts, you know, those big hoops that sort of hang in the air that you can throw the quaffle through. And I looked at it and was like, this is not that hard. So I went to Home Depot and I got, you know, these long uh, two by two sort of poles, cut them down, um, you know, two shorter, well, four shorter ones and two bigger ones. So three on the one end, but the, the one in the middle is bigger. And then three on the other end, the one in the middle is bigger. And, and I spray painted them and for the, for the, uh, hoops, we used hula hoops and spray painted those and put them on there. 
And so it was pretty cool. So in our backyard, we created a Quidditch pitch, you know, and for the snitch, we spray painted um, uh, a little ping pong ball, golden. We put wings on it. And I was, and I, 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 I thought about like, can I get a drone and fly it around, you know? But I was like, okay, that, that, that is a little over the top. So we thought, let's just hide the snitch, right? Yeah. And it was, there's still snow in the, in the, on the ground now it's almost melted but there's still snow on the ground and so um so anyway we played quidditch we had a couple of balls for beaters essentially and then one quaffle and and you know one guy was the seeker one guy was the goalkeeper one guy was the chaser anyway it, it was fun and the dudes were going nuts and it was hufflepuff versus Gr gryffindor and hufflepuff won i'm not gonna lie to you i was a little a little disappointed a little surprised but um, during the party and actually even before the party, I, um, I was like, this is cool. As I was seeing it coming together, I was like, this is awesome. So, so I posted it on Instagram, right? I'm like, I, I posted pictures of the Quidditch hoops getting put together and I'm like, you know, Hey, I'm not much of a crafty dad, but I'm really kind of proud about how these things are coming together and, and people are liking it and going, wow, that is so cool. And then later on during the party, I, I was posting pictures of like, um, th these wands that were being made that really looked so cool and the prophecy drinks and we had cheese puffs that we called huffle puffs. <laughs> oh my gosh. We had the sorting, uh, cupcakes. We put little, um, little, uh, gosh, now I can't think of the words, but, um, we made little broomsticks, uh, out of pretzels and Reese's peanut butter cups, you know, it looked like broomsticks. Uh, anyway, we got a bunch of cool stuff and again, the butter beer. And so I'm, I'm posting pictures, you know, and, and then, um, you know, I would look back on there and people were like, wow, man, that, whoa, you guys are, wow, this is amazing. Like total parent win, triple exclamation point. Uh, whoa, above and beyond like, wow, dad of the year, you know, stuff like that. It, you know how it is. Cause it's like birthday parties and Instagram and, and we were kind of going, nuts. I mean, we went a little nuts. And so I'm, I'm, you know, posting all this on, on Instagram and stuff. And, Anyway, so we we play Quidditch, we paint the wands, we open the presents, and and we had one other uh, event that we we're gonna do, and it was <laughs> it was pin the scar on the Harry. So Mary drew this really great picture of Harry Potter's face, you know, on this like uh, oh poster board size, uh, and we uh, we taped it up to the wall. And then we, we cut out all these little scars, you know, the, the lightning bolt scars. <laughs> but the boys, it was like about a half an hour left of the party. And the boys were, they just went downstairs to the basement. And we have a lot of cool stuff in the basement. There's an air hockey table down there. And there's a bunch of like Nerf guns and just stuff that boys love. And, um, and anyway, so we're like, well, you know, do we do, do we, do we call them back upstairs and play pin the scar on the Harry, but that, that just felt a little too six-year-old, you know, a little too planned, a little too forced. And so Mary and I started to clean up, you know, cause what else are you going to do? The boys are downstairs. They don't, they don't want us down there. And, um, you know, so we're hearing a lot. It's just so loud and people are, you know, but we're hearing laughter and stuff. Well, all of a sudden, um, we hear yelling. I mean, yelling. 
And then uh, the one the one kid, the birthday boy, comes up and just, I mean, <laughs> he was really upset, <laughs> really upset. And you know how it is, right? When you're 10, lots of things can go right and lots of things can go wrong at the party. So, um, but nonetheless, this is not what we had planned. We, we did not plan to have an upset birthday boy at the party. And he was really upset, you guys. He was crying and angry, so angry. And then we're like, what is going on? So we did a little investigating. And then another kid <laughs> had locked himself in the bathroom. He was crying because he got into a fight. Not a fist fight. Come on, you guys. It's not, you know, it's not UFC. Um, but he was crying and in the bathroom. And so we kind of had to deal with that. And then um, and then it was starting to get, it was the party was down by 8.30, so parents are starting to show up. And I mean, it was right in the middle of the crazy. So we're a little embarrassed and looking at each other. And this one dad comes in, and we'd never met this dad before. This, you know, kid uh, was a good buddy, but we had never met him before. You know, it's first time at our house, first time for the party. And this, the dad walks in, and his son comes running upstairs, and he's crying, third kid that's crying. And he's like, Daddy, I hate this party. <laughs> and the dad looks at us. Oh, my gosh. And we were so horrified and embarrassed. Like, what does he think is happening? And we're thinking, what is happening down there, right? And so, um, well, one of the kids goes back downstairs to, you know, try to apologize for the kid that was in the bathroom, but maybe didn't choose the best method. So he did say he was sorry, but then he kind of wanted to make things fun and funny. So he had some silly string and he, he sprayed it right into the kid's eyes. So the kids start, I'm, I'm laughing because it is funny and it's not funny, but it is kind of, so the kid's crying again and oh my Lord, it's like, and then, the kid that was trying to make up said he's sorry, then, you know, did the silly string, got upset about that. Ah, so finally, you know, other moms and dads are showing up. Uh, kids are, again, just sugared up. And, and we finally get everyone, you know, out the door. <laughs> and we, we shut the door. It's 9 o'clock or whatever it is, Friday night. And so the five of us, our three boys and Mary and me, we just kind of sit down. And then one of them goes, well, that was a disaster. <laughs> and then we're kind of like, I know what happened. And then they're like, I don't know. And then there's some theories that so-and-so hit so-and-so and so-and-so, um, you know, kind of like everyone sort of went on one big team against one boy. And you know how that is like, oh my gosh. And, um, and then another one of our boys what, later on was sort of had his hand, had his head in his hands. And he was sort of saying, I could have done something to stop it. I could have done something to stop it. Uh, and so when we're kind of trying to say, well, you know, and so in a couple of, well, one of our boys really needed to apologize to someone, but he wasn't really ready. And so 
we're trying to help them be honest, but also really trying to help them see like, dude, like you, you, there, there will be an apology. And so, and it was great. Actually, he, he was real mad, but then after just, you know, you guys, it was almost like what I was talking about last week on the podcast about, you know, your feelings are impermanent. They rise and they fall. I saw it happening with my son. And after he'd sort of, after the big, big feelings had, had, um, you know, ebbed and then flowed, he, he started to, to talk, he goes, you know, I think I was treating him unfair. I, you know, when I said that thing about him, I, I didn't, I didn't really mean it. And, you know, when I, and he was like, just kind of processing out loud, like how, you know, I, I think I really do want to apologize. Could, could you, could you help me make an email? And like, yeah, of course, that'd be great. And, um, and, and so it was like, you know, and, and the whole time, I mean, Mary and I are just looking at each other, say, you know, going like, number one, wow. I mean, how can we avoid that ever happening again? Like making vows, we're never going to do another birthday party in the house again and stuff like that. But, um, but it was, it was just, I mean, it was just exhausting. And so, uh, in the next day or two, I'm running into some of my friends who had seen the Instagram pictures and I really didn't do much of an update. You know, I just did the pictures and people are like, wow, dad of the year, greatest party ever. And so they're like, you know, so when I saw my friends in the next couple of days, Saturday and Sunday, they're like, whoa, the party looked awesome. So great. And I just laughed. I just goes, I go, you guys, I mean, seriously, it was a disaster. And they're like, what? It looked great. You know, I'm like, yeah, that is how Instagram, that's what Instagram is for. It's to, like, you never see the shots of the kid, like, you know, pounding the other kid with a Nerf bat and the other kid, like with his face scrunched up, tears springing out as the door locks. I mean, that's never going to be on someone's Instagram story. You know what I, mean? I mean, it probably should be, but it just never is the, the, you know, the, the, the dad that shows up and his face, you know, the look on his face when his son runs upstairs crying, dad, I hate this part. I mean, that would be an epic Instagram story, but you're never going to see it. Right. Oh my gosh. And so, you know, it, okay, here's the, here's the real deal for the most part. Even now, it was only a few days ago, and I can already say, like, oh my lord, <laughs> it was really pretty, pretty funny. But in the moment, it just it really felt embarrassing, and it felt like we had gone to all this work, and you know, none of it felt like the kids appreciated it. It was just gobble the food down as quick as you can, get into some fights, cry, blame us, and go. <laughs> nice party. <laughs> oh, but um, but even like after a few days of thinking about it, and again, I'm not trying to make this into the biggest deal in the world. It's actually a pretty, pretty small deal. But in the moment, it felt pretty big. So... 
let's reflect, shall we? <laughs> let's reflect on the reality of life and Instagram and perceptions and reality and contentment, right? So again, for me, Instagram is mostly fun. Um, I don't feel all judgy usually and compare when I am on Instagram. It's mostly I'm just enjoying snapshots of people's life or like, you know, shots of beautiful scenery and nature. Um, I'm not the biggest fan of pictures of food. I'm sorry. If, if that's, if that's what you post and that's your jam, then go for it. Um, <laughs> that's the one thing I get a little judgy about. Oh my gosh. Okay. Confession. But there is a subtle sense of like when um, when you're posting stuff on Instagram, it's it's curated, and we and we all know that. Even if even if you sort of post a fail, you know, like oh my god, not really, it's still it's still curated, it's still planned, it's not. It's, it's, it's not in the moment. You Something happens and then later after you've laughed about it, you sort of say, oh man, I should create a picture about that that sort of showcases how bad that went, right? I mean, even when it's a fail, Instagram fail shot, it, it's, it's, not, it's not really reality. Even that is, is curated. Um, reality for us, if someone would have been taking photos at that party of those moments that I played back to you a few minutes ago of the tears and the anger, the, all the anger. Um, and, and if that was someone's Instagram story, I mean, you, you wouldn't have laughed. Like you would be like, Ooh, that, that's rough actually. And, and that is reality. Like usually things are just aren't even for people who are being really pretty authentic. Instagram life is curated. It, it just is. It is curated. And I still like it. And it's still great. And it's still fun. But every single person that you lock eyes with, that you come across, they have a mixture of really, really joyful moments, hopefully, but also really tragic ones. And they're struggling with something pretty hardcore and something that they hoped went well didn't go well. Maybe it's way, way more serious and way, way worse than um, what happened with our party because really at the end of the day, by the next day, everything was fine. Everything, everyone was okay. Everyone was fine. Um, for other people in other situations, maybe you're in one right now where you expected uh, something to go one way. Maybe it even, you're thinking about your marriage honestly, and, or, and maybe you, you really like for, for years, it, it was, you thought it was till death to us part. And then, uh, recently you've been having to wrestle with the fact that it is falling apart and you don't know what to do. And, um, you know, like, like what kind of story will you curate about that on Instagram? You don't, uh, right. I mean, you're, you're, um, that is, um, that is reality. That is your life. And, or maybe, um, maybe you just feel like your situation, your life is, 
is just so like non-eventful, nothing really, really great happens. And even if you have an Instagram account, just to be cheesy, like you, you, you sort of feel like my life isn't even Instagram worthy. <laughs> I have nothing to put on there. And that can be a sense of like kind of a deep, dark despair too, where you're like, dang. Um, and maybe you're on Instagram or anywhere else. And maybe there is a sense of, of, uh, you know, if only I had someone else's life, if only that was my life. And so maybe that's really, really painful. Well, um, in, in contrast to Instagram life, I, I really had, honestly, over the last about 10 days, I've had four or five pretty significant face-to-face conversations where people had to ask me questions about some things um, maybe that I'd said or maybe that I'd written um, that, 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 that confused them, that hurt them, that they weren't, like they, it, they didn't resonate well with them. And as I listened to these folks, um, honestly, they were right. And, um, the kind of, uh, man, when you, when you do the speaking, I do in this writing, you just, you're going to say some stuff that, um, some stuff that you really mean and people don't like it. And that's just one thing, but other things that you don't mean, but you say it anyway, or you, it comes across with a kind of energy that, that, yep, that you can see you had, but you didn't want to, you, you didn't mean to say it that way. And when people have the courage to sit down with you and and just ask questions and get curious and say, you know, essentially, can I tell you how that came across to me? Um, Boy, that is just the opposite of Instagram life, right? It's not curated. It is raw and honest because they don't know how that's going to go. They don't know if I'm going to be defensive or not. They don't know. Yeah, if I'm going to, you know, use that against them someday, they don't know if I'm going to power up on them. So it's very courageous to, you know, walk away from um, a life that's shot on camera and move toward real people with real conversations that you don't know how they're going to go and you can't control like you can an Instagram story or an Instagram shot. And so the contrast of sort of those kind of two different experiences, the one of the Instagram party and the, and the, and the perception of people on Instagram that that party was the greatest party because we went all out and the Quidditch pitch and the reality that really, really was a great party for about an hour and then, or an hour and a half even. And then the last half an hour was terrible. But even that, the to compare and contrast that with these, some of these conversations, which weren't easy, they were hard. But in each of them, what I saw was, like I felt a sense of hope growing in me about even humanity. Like, wait a minute, we it isn't just communicating via Twitter and communicating curating our lives by taking great shots or even sort of fake epic fail shots that are curated that the world isn't really just defined by conversations on social media now and and we're not 
just retreating to our corners. And it isn't just my side versus your side and everybody is going to make the other side look as stupid as possible. There's actually still people out there that take the time and courage and energy to get face to face with another human being because they care about, um, they care about moving toward understanding reconciliation when possible. And it's not always possible, but at least curiosity, at least questions, at least, okay, for a moment, I will suspend what I fear is your worst motivation, which is why, which is why you maybe said did that thing. Cause that's always what it is, right? You have a story in your mind about why they did it, why they said it, what they meant. It's rarely reality for, for real, but it'll become reality for you if you don't get face to face. And you know, that's the truth. I mean, that just is the truth. Um, now people aren't always ready to be face to face and that's okay. Sometimes it just takes time. And I want you to hear that. Like it's not always time to get face to face. It really isn't. Sometimes the wounds are just too deep. I mean, they're too raw. They're too real. And you wouldn't be ready for a face to face. I want you to hear that. It's not always about rushing to get face to face. But when it's something that is more of a curiosity, when something that's more of a like, hey, man, that that doesn't like what you said or did or showed on even on Twitter or Facebook or Instagram, that, that, that doesn't resonate with who I know you to be. So I'm going to, I'm going to ask you some questions about, about why you said that, why you did that. And, and I'm going to have the courage to tell you how it landed on me. And then we're going to see if we can move forward together. Right. So, um, so that's where that all went for me this, this week. I mean, it's been a really kind of a big week or so in terms of emotions and in terms of just, you know, um, processing life. But I find myself feeling a sense of hope and even joy that we can do hard things and we don't have to do them perfectly. And when I say something that I realize it hurts someone, we can, we can repair that. Like we can do that. We, we, we can, understand and listen and have empathy and we can change our opinions about the story that we've created in our minds and we can say oh man that that isn't the real story there's there's a bigger and better and more true story and now that i've been able to say my side and hear your side now i can create um a less curated picture of you uh and i can get more of the real picture of you and i can see that Oh yeah. Well, I'm going to give you grace for that mistake because I'm going to need grace from you when I make the mistake, right? So my friends started out with a funny Instagram story, a terrible party that didn't end up well, and then conversations that really gave me hope. And this is just life. This is where life goes. And I think if we're observant, if we're willing to be surprised by people, if we're willing to suspend our narrative, what we've created, what we've frankly curated about how people are based on our pain, our what we see of them, hear of them, what we maybe experience from them, which is just a little sliver, a little snapshot of their actual life. If we're willing 
to get curious and, and, and suspend our curated view of people, then I, I think joy will start to come back. I think relationships will start to be um, built on mutual understanding and trust again. And I see, I see people hungry for that. Yeah, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, the dialogue on TV and the media and the networks. It's pretty bleak. It is. But maybe the bleakness, the darkness is starting to get people really hungry for real relationships that aren't curated and that hope for the best and that are willing to be curious and willing to change the story. That's the kind of world I want to live in. And when I'm, when I'm maybe, I don't even want to say when I'm at my best, but when I'm resourced, I can tap into that hope and I can act consistently with that. When I'm not, I'm going to curate pictures of people that aren't, aren't real and myself too. And I think you're going to do that as well. And when we do, um, when we realize that we're doing that, I don't think it's all that helpful to beat ourselves up for it, judge ourselves. I think we just notice it. And then we say, all right, well, you know, that brought me a whole lot of pain, discontentment, a lot of misunderstanding. Maybe, maybe, maybe if I change the narrative and get curious and listen, uh, maybe I'll get a different result in terms of my relationships. So, uh, my friends, thanks for listening, uh, to this episode, Instagram fail. I hope you can get a sense of who you are for real and who the people are around you for real, less curated self and more real self. So I will see you next week, my friends. Hey friends, thanks so much for listening to This Good Word. If you love this podcast, there's three ways that you can support my work. One is by jumping on Patreon, patreon.com slash thisgoodword. You can become a patron at various levels and get lots of good free stuff, including free tickets to any live events that I do, signed books, and other stuff. The second way is to share your favorite episodes via Twitter and Facebook, uh, email, however it is that you share content. Let some friends know that you love it. And then third is to go on iTunes and leave a rating or a review. So thanks so much, my friends. We are dust and breath. We are limited and limitless. We are human and holy, and we are in it together.